Welcome to the Bards FM podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to a conversation with Matt and Joy Thayer. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction, righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots. And tonight is Monday, August 29th in the year 2022. And tonight we're going to have a great conversation with Matt and Joy Thayer. Now, this is yet another one of the interviews that I did in Springfield, Missouri on the weekend of the 19th, which was a little over a week ago. But this is just a fantastic interview. This comes in the morning after the film premiere, Selection Code. And we get into a lot of interesting things about Matt's development, the challenges that they both faced, especially 10 days out from the film, tremendous amount of innovation that it took to deliver that film on time for the premiere. And he accomplished it and he did a great job. So we'll talk quite a bit about that when we get into this interview today. A lot of things happening, obviously, in the world and information is always at the center of everything that we have to focus on. So before we begin, let's take a focus here on preserving your savings and your wealth. And there's no better group to handle that than Birch Gold. Inflation is real. The CPI is at another 40-year high, hitting 9.2%, and real inflation on daily goods, bread, milk, meat, gas for your car, even rents, are at over 30%. The recession is real. If all your money is in the market or tied up in US dollars, you're messing with fire. It's critical for you to take a hard look at diversifying your savings into gold and silver. That's where the professionals at Birch Gold come in. Text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898 and get a free information kit on how to diversify and protect your savings with precious metals. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of satisfied customers, gold is the right investment to make now. Text BARDS to 989898 and get real help from Birch Gold today. Again, text BARDS to 989898 to claim your free no-obligation information kit on how to protect your hard-earned savings with gold. And Patriots, that's texting BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898. So as you probably are aware, Selection Code was one of the feature events at the Moment of Truth Summit that Mike Lundell put on. And that was a film that was produced and directed by Matt and Joy Thayer. They are the Patriot News or the Patriot documentary Patriot filmmakers of this era. They've done amazing work. And Matt's become a good friend. I first encountered him in Anaheim. But Matt also faced an unbelievable hurdle to overcome. Ten days before the premiere of the film, Laura Logan, for reasons of her feelings towards research integrity, felt that she did not have enough of the research done to her standard, and so she asked to be pulled out of the film. Now, from a filmmaker's point of view, that can be devastating because this entire film had been built around Laura, and what Matt and his team faced was an unbelievable hurdle that over the 10 days leading up to the premiere, a premiere date that cannot change, they had to accomplish almost the impossible. The most amazing thing is they did, and even better than that, the film that was presented at the event was exactly the type of film that everybody needed. And, I, at, and at the end of the day, when you understand how deep their faith is, Matt and Joy, you understand that ultimately this was all God's hand. So with that, let's go back to this weekend of the 19th, and let's listen to the interview with Matt and Joy there. Good afternoon, Patriots, and we are here again live at the Springfield event, the Moment of Truth Summit, put on by Mike Lindell. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and my employees and I want to thank each and every one of you for your support by bringing you the My Pill that started it all. 
MyPillow's patented fill adjusts to your exact individual needs regardless of your sleep position. Because it works, we've sold over 70 million MyPillows and now I'm bringing it to you for the lowest price ever. For example, you get my standard MyPillow, now only $19.88 with your promo code. Now's the time to get them for your friends, your family, your neighbors, everyone you know. MyPillows make the best gifts ever. In the times we're in, one thing we all need is getting a great night's sleep. So go to MyPillow.com or call that number on your screen now. Use your promo code and you'll get my standard MyPillow for only $19.88. For a more custom fit, my premium queen, only $24.98. Or my premium king, only $29.98. This is a limited time offer, so order now. And Patriot says MyPillow.com forward slash Bards. Your promo code is Bards. Again, MyPillow.com forward slash Bards. Promo code Bards. So we have the editor and producer of the film. Don't You don't need headphones on this. So you can sit down. You can share a mic. Is that all right? Yeah, that's fine. How are you guys? Good. How are you? Good. Yeah, how are you? All right. So I I don't know I, I don't know how much <laughs> you had quite the event on this film. Oh yeah. So talk a little closer to the mic. These are pretty tight. Oh yeah. There, it was it was uh, it was quite the <laughs> Matt <laughs> the and Joy. And Joy's looking great. She just got a new hairdo since I didn't even recognize you last night. Yeah, most people, it's been interesting this whole weekend. We know so many people that are here, and they did a double take. That's fantastic. So, yeah, you, you do. it looks great, by the way. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. I, I was looking at, man, I was looking at last night, and I was like, who is that? I mean, I, <laughs> I, I was not recognizing you. So, All right, so talk a little bit. Of, we did the film release last night. Yeah. Talk a little bit about this. Because you, you, can you talk a little bit about what happened or not? Yeah, you can talk a little bit. Um, All right. Because there was, you had to do what I would consider to be one of the most incredible edits. I, I, I know this. Like, you don't undo a story and have to redo a story in 30 hours. Right. So, Patriots, there was a, there was a pretty significant change last night. I'm just going to kind of tee it up um, and, I, and let Matt talk about it a little bit. If you saw the film last night, you saw that Laura Logan wasn't in the film, and I and we'll get into that. Matt was the editor and had to redo this film in, in 30 hours. Uh, well, it was it, it was a uh, little bit. That's a little bit of an oversimplification. Uh, it was I, the director. I had like five editors working okay. with me, and uh, and we yeah, we had to do it in ten days. Ten days. Ten days. Yeah. And this is a film you've been working on for about six months. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, yeah, that's it's no small feat. No, no, no it's not. So, all right, let's let's talk a little bit about how because we had a there was an image of the film put out there with the trailer. You did yep. the trailer; yep. it looked good. Yep. Laura yep. Logan was going to be featured. Yep. What happened? So well. Laura um, is a phenomenal investigative journalist, and um, it's such an honor to get to work with her on this project and learn so much. Uh, every time we were doing research together, she'd ask the best questions. You know, what, why, when, how, all that kind of stuff. And um, she's used to doing things at a certain standard and a certain level, and she does a deep dive. And so at 60 Minutes, if you weren't finished with your investigation, you would um, you'd, you'd tell your, your producer that I'm not quite done with the story, and they would put a human interest story in there, and then uh, nobody would be the wiser. Well, we had a premiere date. <laughs> Yeah, and so she came and she says, "I'm not quite, I'm not quite there. There's some more information there, you know." We're because she's doing like deep dives. I mean, she's going like deep into, you know, like, like I mean, normalizing. You know, like we're talking like the the, the people behind the people behind the people. I mean, she's going there. And so, like, that's what we're talking about with the deep dives. And that was what you would expect from somebody like Laura. Mm-hmm. Right. Right? Like, she's going, like, there's there's something there, and I'm going to sniff this thing out. Yeah. But then, you know, at the, but then we're, now we're, we're stuck with a release date, and we're like, we got we to gotta do something. And so... So we, we, we talked to Mike, talked to Laura. Yep. Laura said, you know, I'd like to be removed off of this current project so I can finish my job. You guys got to do something, and we said okay. And she gave it, you know, basically. <laughs> and we gave prayed us a lot. The, we prayed a lot, and and she gave it gave us the freedom 
to just get super creative and figure out, you know, how to get this thing, uh, how to tell Tina's story in a way that was heartfelt, compelling, entertaining, um, and, uh, and, and really do what I think documentaries have the power to do, which is to, to get the, the, the message and the narrative out there to a deeper audience and do it in a way that's, that, that connects with the heart. Mm-hmm. Well, Okay. Yeah, I this I having done film, you know that. I mean, I, I get it, and I've also worked in journalism with some of the, at her level or higher. Okay, I, I understand that. I mean, the guy who mentored me in photography was two time Pulitzer Prize winner, so I get that. But the interesting thing is always too, because I come from the video side of that Pulitzer influence. Yeah, I've got an Emmy. I have I was nominated for a Peabody. So when I say that, deadlines are deadlines. Yeah. Okay, so I, I get that, but in that world, even the ENG is the worst world for deadlines. You film, you say you're going to produce tomorrow, you don't call your editor and go, oh, by the way, we're going to slide a week. It's like, no, you won't. You will produce it tomorrow, right? Yeah. So I get this, and I, I hope, are you guys going to continue this project, or what's going to happen? You know, I, at this point, um, I'm going to take a couple of days off and, yeah. uh, and get my so brain That's where break, you got, so. Matt, Matt did not sleep. You know, the last few days trying to finish this out. I think there's some. I I, I don't know. I I I, well, we don't I, I would just be speculating, and so I'm just like I'm 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 probably not going to go. Well, there, this is. So. Let's get into the greatness of the film, okay? Because okay, this you. this is what you are. I just wanted to kind of get that up front, because yeah, so, yeah. the, the film obviously came out, and I mean, I'll be very honest. I was sitting here, and I'm like, is that the film? Because I Laura wasn't in it, and, right. and I I was thinking like maybe we were doing it later, maybe they were showing some other footage, but you did a fantastic job. And I think that's what needs to be said, because not only did you face un- incredible odds to fail, but this is where God really has selected those who will stand. This yes. is how I see this. Okay, yes. This event is really a phenomenal event because everybody that is here is a doer. Yes. And if you're not here, I, I just pray for you. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> so you did a great... So, so let's talk about some of the way you put the story together because you, you introduced the concept of the how machine which I thought was super innovative as a way to tell the story I, I also want to get to I thought your ending was pure when I, when I say that I loved it because it wasn't dramatic it wasn't like oh we're going to go flying over here and burn all the machines down it's just like shut them off that's it. It's, and it's ultimately, that's t- typically how we solve problems. It's pretty simple. Right. So talk about how you got to some of these different ways of telling the story, because it was a new challenge for you. Well, it was interesting because a lot of, a lot of this actually, it, it was, like I said, when, when, uh, when Laura, you know, just, you know, proposed, like, okay, just, well, just cut me out of the film. And, and as much as you're like going, okay, you know, at the same time, there were all of these things that were in my heart that I had been wanting to do you know, in the film, that it was like, I, don't, I just didn't know if it would fit, you know, along with what, you know, her style. And so, but it was the conversations around just, you know, technology and machines and, you know, and then the history and everything else. And so, you know, I was just kind of, and I had been praying the whole entire time. And I felt like there were moments where, you know, God pointed out something that was significant. And you could feel it in your heart, like, mm-hmm. oh, that's resonating, you know, and you're just going like, that would resonate with people. And so this was the opportunity for me to revisit a lot of that. And then, um, and then, you know, when you're in the pressure cooker and you've got, like, some of the top talent. I mean, we seriously had amazing talent behind the scenes getting this thing done. And I just feel, like, so privileged to be considered the figurehead of just that team. You know what I mean? Because it was, I'm just the conductor. I'm just an amazing you know, symphony of artists. And, um, you know, and I think that, you know, when you're in that environment with all those creatives, it's like all of a sudden you're just spitballing, like going, okay, let's throw some spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks. And, you know, the, like the Hal character he developed because I was like, I wanted to kind of take people back in time and show them about the machines. And you start writing and it was kind of, so we were like, okay, well, well out of necessity, you know, we, we, we're going to use this robot voice. And so I found a place where I could, you know, write the script and, and kind of get some inflections, you know, and things like that. And, and it was really interesting to learn how to do that. And I felt like I was kind of directing this actor in a sense. And so then, you know, once you started kind of messing around with that, and you're like, okay, well, that feels dry. And then you're like, oh, what, what, what if he's talking about the, the, the history of voting machines from the standpoint of like 
that you know machines achieved suffrage at one point. Oh, nice. Right? Yeah. You know, like it's like, oh well, machines finally got to vote, and you know, <laughs> and so and then all of a sudden it was like, oh, there's some personality here, you know, and then and then there was pieces where, you know, Laura had done this great interview and. You know, there were pieces where she was just the perfect ombudsman. She was, she, you know, because it's some of this stuff is very heady, and you know, when you have these mathematicians, these brilliant—I mean, amazing guys like Jeff and Walter—just salt the earth, you salt the earth. But you know, at the same time, they're looking at data completely different than other people because we've been devoid. You know, we're just shown a graph and said, "Oh, well, that—that's what that means, right?" But they can look at it and go, "No, that's not real." And we were like, well, why, right? And so you had to have all of these multiple conversations. And Laura, um, Laura just like provided a couple of moments in the, that conversation where it was like, okay, so let me get this straight, blah, 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 blah. And they were like, yes. And we we're like, that's such a vital piece. And we're like, well, how do we do that? And so then all of a sudden it was like, well, we had already created this Hal character for this other part of the movie. And then all of a sudden it was like, Oh, well, he should be interviewing them, right? Nice idea. Right? Yeah, it's and, good. And yeah. then it was like, well, we could provide, and then we could show graphics, and it would be, you know, we could use and that device. Relief. And comic relief. Because it's a heavy topic, you know, and so it gave us the opportunity to create some jokes, and then, you know, to kind of have him kind of close it out. And I'd always kind of, actually, I'd kind of thought through the process. I was like, well, maybe Hal's like the bad guy. You know, and then all of a sudden it just kind of turned and it's like, oh, he's got an arc, you know, and it's like he kind of bows it out and says, yeah, you know what? I actually kind of realized like it's probably not a good idea for us to do this. And it was like kind of handing it off back to the people, you know, and then you close out with Tina. And then the whole box thing was just something that just kind of was God inspired. I mean, wow. the whole the whole moment where, you know, she's, cause she, this was a big significant moment in the interview and we were interviewing her and we had we had an amazing I mean, the, our, our cinematographer was just a soldier. I mean, the guy went out there by himself and shot all this pickup stuff. We had to redo interviews, all this stuff. and Wow, so you had to go back and redo yeah, some of the interviews oh yeah, oh yeah. in 10 days. Yeah. And, and, and so, and so uh, we were interviewing her, and all of a sudden we were having this meeting, and one of my editors said something, and I was like, oh, my gosh, the box. Her willingness to look inside of her box yeah, it's great. is our willingness. We need to look inside of our box. We need to be willing to have this conversation because nobody wants to think about the possibility that there's corruption at that level that would be controlling us. Yeah, nobody good. wants it's to talk good. about it. It's, what people it's, don't but we understand have to have the courage. Is they, they've weaponized the, the FBI and they've mm-hmm. weaponized all, all yeah. of our Department of Justice and everything. And Tina's son was a SEAL Team 6. Uh, what was, he was a jumper. Yeah, leapfrog. He uh, leapfrog. He had uh, done nine hundred mm-hmm. jumps, jumps, yeah. and then he died. And wow. so she hasn't gone through his stuff in five years. When when he passed away, it was just Ooh. too hard for her to look at. That was a very moving moment. It really was. I mean, it just, you just you did it. Be- the photography was great. Mm-hmm. Cinematography was just be- beautiful. The lighting was beautiful. Just and just very solemn, very hard to face. And I think that's where we bring the film, right? It's very hard to face what has happened to our nation. Yes. So, so when she found out the FBI had had went through all her dead son's stuff and she came home and saw things just demolished, and they put it back in the box, but they had rifled through stuff that she hadn't looked at yet. Wow. And so Matt had said, you know, I think that it, it's time for us to look at hard things and well, have those ter- conversations. So we asked her, would you be willing to actually take the time and grieve and, and go there with the Lord and have these conversations? conversations and stuff that we don't want to face but that's what's being exposed right now we're finding out there's these stuff in all of these machines stuff that you know even those of us that feel like we're educated on this are learning more and more but we need to go in and face the hard facts and figure out what we're going to do from there well you have you have dedicated an enormous amount of your life to this (laughs) and i and i just i do want to highlight the the film was extremely well done and I, I just, I, you looked last night, and Pages, I'm just going to share this with you. <laughs> Matt walked by the our booth last night. He was going up to behind stage with Mike Lindell, and he, he was looking like he was sleepwalking. I'm really not kidding. He was like stumbling, but he's been up, this is 30 hours straight. And I called out to him a couple times, and he just kind of dazed and looked in the air. It was just so much. So I hope you got a little bit of sleep. I got I got about seven and a half hours last night, so Good. I'm feeling really refreshed. <laughs> Because I was, I, I, well, it was really funny. I actually thought of you at one point uh, just because, you know, with the military and everything else and then being inspired by, 
um, I mean, we had eight hours of interview with Tina, so she said so much more. But some of the stuff that she was sharing about, like, talking to her son about Hell Week and, you know, going all that sort of stuff. And I'm sitting there, you know, with this team and, you know, I just kept thinking about that. I just kept thinking about that. Like, this is, we are in a conflict. Yes. We are in a revolutionary conflict. And, and you know, I'm sitting behind a keyboard, but I still have to have the frame of mind of the soldier. I have to realize, like, I can't afford to sleep right now. I can't afford not to get this out. This has to be done because I know that the enemy is coming over the hill and I've got to be prepared. Well, you, that's a beautiful metaphor. And, and I just, from my own experience, having actually lived with the camera in the battlefield, right, and having had an experience similar to what you went through where I had 10 days to redo, I had a couple of those, like, wow. given three weeks. And the, the one of them I had, I was, they, I didn't know where this product was going, but I had was literally in a side-by-side racing up to the landing wow. zone and I was with a poncho over me I was burning discs to hand off wow. that, that one went to Obama's desk <laughs> and you're like at this point you're like well, I sure hope that worked out right <laughs> so I do I do get it um, and I and it's it is the thing that you that's why I kind of wanted to get all that out in front because then you just have to buckle down like you're saying what's the real effort and the real effort is God only ultimately comes through right yeah. and we trust in him and it's beautiful and I think what's yeah. most amazing and and what was and I, I, I was having my conversations with Jesus this morning about this and other things and really what came through was we are you are seeing the selection of my new warriors mm. you are seeing the selection of those that will stand that will wow. do anything to accomplish what is necessary this is my army and it's really humbling because you're part of that i mean that's that's what to me and i said i was and I, it was you were right there and i'm like wow. there's an example right the impossible odds you climbed the wall you came overcame the wall you stood against the enemy and you stood and you collapsed them not you right right it's a beautiful work it really Thank is you. So how long was this project? Because this was a... Well, it was interesting, too, because um, I wasn't originally part of the project when at the genesis of it, when, when Mike uh, originally went to Laura about the project. Um, and then um, I got brought in basically as just as an editor because the film was supposed to be like a 25-minute piece on Tina, pretty much. Okay. You know, because it was right after the FBI raid and, and all of that, so... You know, none of the other stuff had happened yet. I mean, Mesa Report 2 and 3 weren't out yet, her arrest, all of this stuff, right? And so, um, and then um, some of the interviews got delayed for various reasons, and then we ended up, um, I ended up, you know, I was being brought up as the editor, there was another director, and then it just kind of took too long, the other director had to bow out, and I was like, well... I've been working with Laura and doing research and everything else. I may as well just go like, hey, you know, I'll, I'll, let's get this thing done because this is important. And so, um, so at that point, it was, you know, March, April, I guess I was officially moved into the director's role. Um, and, uh, you know, and then that's kind of, you know, kind of the process. And so we've been doing this since, uh, well, I've been doing this since February. And then Joy kind of, I pulled her in in June, uh, in June uh, to help with more research and, you know, all that sort of stuff. And then, um, yeah, we've just been working, like, it was kind of interesting, like, how all of the pieces came together, like I said. It was just, like, the timing of God, because I had been working with um, a graph, uh, motion graphics guy. It was just incredible. It was just one of the best I've ever, you know, met. Where it's like, I can explain to him, like, I can have one conversation with him and say, I'm kind of thinking like this. And he's like, oh, what about this? And I'm like, yeah. And then he gives me his first draft, and I'm like... Good, you know. Let's go. <laughs> they are the best, aren't they? Oh, when, when you find when you oh, find them, dude. Yeah. He's amazing, and he's a fierce patriot. Really, really just passionate about what we're doing. And I think that so, was the other exciting thing that we talked about too is how passionate yeah. everybody on the crew was as well. Because we've worked yeah. on several projects now where people were hired to do a job and they did a job, but everybody on this everybody, project, everybody gave, on this I mean, their whole they heart was in. And uh, and it was really cool because like there was so I had all of these these uh, retro kind of stuff that we were doing with this computer and I'm like oh we're gonna figure out a, you know and it was just like all of a sudden it was like oh cool you know we have this piece that we had already nice. been working on and yeah it looked like, it like an old IBM or a pet totally it was totally cool totally yeah. Yeah. so but that it was uh but so it's been a, a really and, but it was it was just crazy I 
the whole entire time, there's all been these like starts and stops and kind of frustrations and, you know, and then, you know, I'm like going, I just feel like I'm kind of not really directing. I feel like I'm kind of just researching and just being helped, but it's like, whatever, whatever I got to do to serve, you know what I mean? Like, this is important. We got to get this stuff out there. And so it really was never about any kind of ego or anything like that. But at the same time, as a creative, I, I feel like there's like these there's these things that you have to connect with, you know, where you're just like, this is deeper. I'm always thinking about it from the standpoint of like, it might be about this, but it's really about this. Right? That's it's good. really about that. That's great storytelling. Yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. And so like, there was a couple of things, like I said, that were connecting with me, you know, early on. And so, but whenever I would pray about it, I'd be like, God, like, I'm, I'm kind of frustrated. And this isn't like going the way that I would expect it to go. But like, and I would be like, what is going on? And I'm like, I feel like, this, I mean, every single day it was just getting closer and closer and closer, and things didn't seem to be happening as fast as they needed to be happening. And and he would, just, and I, all of a sudden I would just stop. Go, what was going on? I would stop, and then I would go like, okay, I feel peace. Where's that peace coming from? And it was like always just right in the center of my chest. Yeah. And and I and I would tune into that, and I would hear timing. It's all about my timing. <laughs> Trust my timing. Yes, yes. And that was it. That he never gave me anything else. Well, I think that one of the things that has come for me because I mean I, even getting out here was quite even leaving was difficult I mean there, there is yeah. warfare going on everywhere Wednesday morning I was supposed to leave on Monday I'm Wednesday morning and I, I'm on chaos and I'm like alright Lord I need something here because I'm not even going to leave and then all of a sudden the, you know, the doors open and you, it breaks and the next morning I'm leaving and that's a whole other story but what is really in- interesting to me is in that piece what you're saying in God's timing Right? We put on ourselves a certain expectation. We also keep looking towards certain iconic figures to lead. If we're looking around and being honest, it's not happening. And I commented on this multiple times yesterday. Just start with Mike Lindell. If I would have two years ago said, a pillow salesman is going to lead the revolution. I mean, people would have looked at me like, yeah, yeah right. <laughs> you're a funny guy. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right? And so here we are. And he is, he is impacted. I mean, he's basically funding this entire revolution. Oh, yeah. uh, well, right. And that's what I've told people, too. And I said, you know what? God doesn't do things the way that he, you think he should do them. Because he does. Oftentimes, oftentimes, God does things in a way that's kind of offensive. Again? And the reason, I, I think the reasoning for this, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not, not pretending to speak for God, but, <laughs> but I think part of the reasoning is, is that he wants, he, wants, he wants to know that we're paying attention to him. Right. Not that it makes sense. It's kind of like the whole David thing. It's like, you know, it, it's like I look at the heart. I don't do what man expects me to do. And so whenever I see Mike, that's what I think. I'm like, well, of course it would be you. Because that's what God does. Right. God puts a baby in a manger. Right? You know what I mean? Right. Yep. God puts a baby in a manger and, and nobody's like, here's the savior of the world and he's in a barn. <laughs> That's a good way of looking at it. Right? Yeah, no, I think that's great. So. No, it is, it is really interesting because this is what's really been evident yesterday and all through that day is everybody that I interviewed, and this is random. So, I mean, we're, this, these aren't like just like you're walking up here tonight. Today, we were pulling in people. Every single person that sat here yesterday said they were being led by God. Now, what's, that's movement, and that's what this whole thing has been about. It's the people God needs, which you just said, eyes on him. And if you don't have the humility to put eyes on him, you probably didn't show up for good reasons, right? So. Yeah, I, I think that's the thing is, is that there are elitists right now trying to remove God from everything, yes. right? And if you are a Christian of any kind at all, you need to fear the Lord more than you fear the FBI raiding your house or that you fear, you know, staying comfortable. I mean, we've heard so many excuses of, well, I can't do this. So, so glad you're doing this. All you have to do is whatever God's calling you to do. And, that, and that's it. And I'm not Doug Frank who's up there right now. I can't do that. But we can take our skills and do this. And so there are so many people out there. We can't, we can't be looking for President Trump to come in and save the day. He can do what he can do and his role and Mike's doing his role but we need each individual to stand up and do what God's calling them to do well I mean and you go back to the, the Kim Clement prophecy yeah. right and actually I, I was, it was ironic that we were in the room when that prophecy happened and we were all sitting there going like Trump's going to be a trumpet like the apprentice guy you know what I mean like we were like what you know what I mean like that's 
and, and right. But what was yeah. interesting? The guy? The yeah, guy? right. Yeah, the apprentice guy. You know, I mean, and all of a sudden, but it was interesting because I was thinking about that and I actually talked to uh, Donna, Donna uh, Clement, um, and uh, Kim Clement's daughter, and uh, and I said, you know, what's interesting. I said is. It's, it said that your that your dad said that Trump would be a trumpet. What does a trumpet do? It makes noise. Well, a trumpet calls the army. Oh, that's well said. Okay, yeah. Right, and it's like look at what's been activated. Yeah, that's true. Right, it's like he he's called out to the army, and the army is rallying, and and it's all about getting us back to a point where we understand a republic. Yes. Because we've been psyoped out of this. Mm-hmm. We've been psyoped out of this, and now all of a sudden we're realizing, oh, wait, hold on a second. The sheriffs are a component of this. Mm-hmm. A big one, yeah. The county clerk and recorders are a component of this. So you right? need to know they're who di- you're voting they're for. Directly, see, and this is the thing that a lot of people don't get, because this is, the re- this is the struggle. This is what's fascinating about having what we talked about, the whole thing going on in Mesa County. Because people will be like, well, she's, defi- she's defying the Secretary of State. The Secretary of State has no jurisdiction. Interesting. Right? Yeah. And so how can she defy somebody? It's not she, her boss. The, the Secretary of State is actually in violation of, of the flow of authority. Because this is why what's so important for people to understand is that these elected officials that you elect, the sheriff, right? So, for example, sheriffs, people kind of understand this. If a sheriff is in a situation where he needs to literally grab somebody out of the crowd, he can deputize them on the spot. Why? Because he's been given authority by the people directly. Correct. So the flow of authority <laughs> comes through him and is invested then into a deputy. The same thing with the clerk and recorder. The clerk and recorder is vested in, to protect certain things, certain things about in the uh, uh, for the people, right? And so she can deputize, and she can she can she can bring in people that she believes, and she can make them an election official, right? So that the power and authority comes from the people. We have to stop looking at these people as if they're our leaders. Right. That well is said. bull crap. It's like, no, we're the kings and the queens. They're our ambassadors. Well said. That's really, you know, that came up so clearly yesterday. We were interviewing one of the sheriffs yesterday. Damon, uh, I don't think of his last name, but he, he's from, from uh, Oklahoma. And he talked from about Guthrie, it. the one from Guthrie, Oklahoma. No, a no, different Luden, one. Laden, or something like okay. this. I, I'll check it up here in a minute. But it's he. Um, he was just. I mean, first of all, he personifies the entire sheriff. That's why I grabbed him because he's got the hat and the boots and the gun, and he's, and he's right, like yeah, with exactly. a badge yeah, on. Yeah, you know? yeah. But I'm and, doing so. And he's yeah. just completely led by God. But it is so apparent like when he he says it i mean it's great he's also by the way one of the top in the national sheriff association so he it's fantastic yeah, very influenced by sheriff mack yep but to your point exactly when you're listening to the sheriff tell you it's like i work for the people the you just hit it beautifully we have been psyoped into missing that component that the only true authorities were always given by those that represented us this is why you know so much i say all the time the constitution is one thing the Declaration of Independence is the most important document we have. We Absolutely. always say, look at the Constitution. I'm like, no, read the first two paragraphs of the Declaration of Independence. Totally. That's where you get your structure. That's where you get right. your moral right. law, right? Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and I think for us, you know, because we work in media, we've been studying propaganda and how they've been using that. And one of the things through this project, because Matt and I have the best arguments and discussions because we work together (laughs) we're married we have kids all that kind of stuff is um i came and i said you know they keep saying our democracy this is a threat to our democracy and i said we're a republic matt's like i've been telling you that for years (laughs) (laughs) well now i figured it out okay and so they have their little buzzwords and then we repeat those buzzwords and so the, the sheriff is the authority and we have to listen to the sheriff and they're supposed to be protecting our rights and yep. so that's stuff we have to make people aware of this because they've been so inundated and socially conditioned with all of well, these right, things right. Well, I mean what happens in every single movie it's like all of a sudden the FBI show up and then the sheriffs have to give their jurisdiction over the FBI as if they're the bosses mm-hmm. right right it's, it doesn't work that way so Joy tell me a little bit about 
working together? Because this is, from your perspective, this has <laughs> got to be a together. bit of a challenge. Yeah. Uh, Matt and I are a really good team. I, I think that we, we do life really well together. And um, we both bring our strengths to every project that we do. So for this particular project, um, I did deep dives of research, and I have binders of of Four research. Um, I I'm, I'm now feel like I'm an expert in this. <laughs> and I've watched documentaries and I've watched every, I, I don't know, every video. So Matt would say, I need this. And I would recall where that was at. And I'd say, okay, this is, you know, this is the line. This is um, who said it. This is when they said it. And then I would give the editors that particular clip. I would watch all the time code, all that kind of stuff. And, um, and so, but he would, you know, again, on creativity, he would say, "I." He's laughing at himself. I've developed this computer named Hal, and he just is over there cracking up. Because <laughs> I'm like thinking about the audience, and I'm like, "There's going to be so many people that laugh, yep. and then the other people that aren't laughing are going to be looking at the people that are laughing, going, why are you laughing? <laughs> right? Why is that funny? <laughs> yeah, you didn't see that movie, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so there was a part that didn't make it into this film that was fully developed. Uh, hopefully, we get to we get to share that in another project. But it's talking about some of the NGOs, and it's talking about some of the money." And I, I, Matt and I are arguing it out, and I'm like, that shouldn't be in this film. It's really, really good. It, it's too much for this film to explain some of that stuff, and I think that that needs to be in another film, and we need to talk about following the money, who's involved, and it's the machine behind the machines. But this one is about Tina's story and that kind of stuff. So we'll, we'll just argue it out until he concedes. <laughs> <laughs> There it goes, right there. That's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah, yes, exactly. dear. Yes, yes dear. Yeah, but, yeah. But there's been things, when we made our first film with our kids, we did Lemonade, and he wants to have a pony in the film. And I'm telling him, you know what it takes to get a pony? And I'm the one that drives the truck, and I'm the one that hauls the horse, and I know all of this and, stuff. And nobody had a, some, we knew Matt somebody that had a pony, cars. but they didn't have a trailer, so we had and to so find I a trailer. so I have to go do all this. I said, no, we don't need the pony. He's like, we have to have the pony. So we argued it out. Matt won. And what everybody comments on is, that pony, where'd you get the pony? The pony's awesome. So you're like, fine, Matt, you're right. So he doesn't say I'm right. He just does what he just did. See? <laughs> the little nod. Yeah, I'm right. So at the end of the film, what everybody keeps commenting on is something that he fought for. Is we have to end the film this way. And there was a discussion in the team. And ultimately, every person has commented on the ending of the film. And Matt, Matt argued for that and it was brilliant and watched I think it, it last night and turned out really well. I think it was a brilliant end. And, and I, I say that and I really, really mean this. In a time like this when there's so much confusion and you and I've I've worked counterinsurgency, done it with some of the best. It's typically a pretty simple solution that we miss because we create mountains to try to solve something that ultimately gets down to a fundamental. You know, and it's like how about if you just don't do it? <laughs> right, 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 yeah. You know, let's shut it off. So it was good. It was really good. And, I, and and there was some argument in the team of like, well, that just seems like kind of on the nose. And I'm like, that's kind of the point. The point right. is, is that it's gotten, it, it's, it's so obvious that you miss it. Yep. And it's like, oh, wait a minute. You can turn them off. Right. I mean, when you, you talk know? to, like we talked to our sheriffs yesterday and they're saying the same thing. It's like, why are we making this so damn complicated? You know, and, and of course, my, my thing, which I talked to him about yesterday, is it can be literally this simple. We're going to do paper ballots. The sheriff's going to, and his deputies are going to verify the vote. They're going to take the lockbox. I mean, this is like right out of cowboy days, but it doesn't change, right? You're going to take it up to the state officials. You're going to stand there while they count. Receipt, receipt, and away you go. Now that handoff yep. is complete. It is a complete chain of custody. No messing around. No. And that's it. And everybody going to vote gets an ID ver verification. And so you have a chain of custody from the vote. Right. It is literally that simple, and but it doesn't support big industry development, competition for contracts, right. jobs un unlimited, whatever, right? Well, and, and, you know, we play into, the again, the propaganda and their narrative and stuff. Matt and I had a severely disabled son for almost 21 years um, that Matt raised that wasn't his biological son. And we know firsthand what it's like to, I voted permanent absentee ballot because sometimes I was in the hospital. So I, I went through the process, proved why I needed to do that. I filled it out. I think in 2020 was probably my first time voting in person in, in many, many years. And... Um, 
And so they're saying we're trying to suppress the vote. You know, we're trying to make it hard or difficult for minorities, for disabled, for all this kind of stuff. And again, talking about my son, he was severely disabled. When he turned 18, they came and brought me paperwork and said he has the right to vote. I said, that would be me voting twice. You don't understand. He can't say yes and blink twice. He can't do any of that. It's literally me voting twice. He said, well, he gets the right to vote. And I said, again... That's unethical for me to do because I'm voting twice. It's not that I don't want my son's voice to be heard. It's that he doesn't have an opinion in this situation that he can give. He's not not able to communicate that way. And so they're saying if we do these things, that we're going to make it difficult for people. They don't have a car. They're single moms. They they give all these excuses. So they're trying to get us. And and then, you know, they obviously they played on uh, COVID last year or last. A couple elections and everything. Um, so they're trying to get us to vote by phone. And then ultimately they want to do biometrics. And so they're trying to put these different things in place. So they're going to be moving forward with some stuff when we do just need to bring it back down to being well, simple. Well, and that's, that was the danger, right? Because it's like we're, we've had a lot of conversations about this. Because when you start digging into this, and especially if you look back at the history, right? of the voting machines and the conversations around them, you see a really interesting narrative shift right around, um, I would say, right around 12 to 14, somewhere around 2012 to 2014. And the interesting narrative shift was it turned into outside hackers. Mm -hmm. Okay? And it talked about... These foreign bad actors. These foreign bad actors. And that was was the... um, uh, that was the narrative shift because when you go back to like some of this, the the clips that we pulled up, you know, even Comedy Central was making jokes about like, oh, code. you know, the source code, right? Right. And so there was this shift, and you start wondering, huh, why? Why was there this shift? They're talking about it being hacked. And start, yeah, they start talking about it being hacked. And so what? But then what was really fascinating was that all of a sudden 2020 happened, and everything was like, oh no, this is, was totally secret. There, you know, there, yeah, the machines are still bad, but there was no way that it was done into 2020, right? So they prepped it all. Right. Yeah. So, so if you think about that, what's really fascinating is that I think that they had 2020 or somewhere around there set up to be what they did in 2000, which was to throw paper under the bus. Because they wanted to get us into the machines. And this was a march towards getting humans completely out of the voting system process so that it just becomes American Idol. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that's right? really good. And so, so the playing into it, so it's like, so the, 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 the narrative shift is, because people are going like, well, wh- what, about, what about these guys? What about Halderman and Hursty and, you know, all of these guys that have been rallying against all of these machines for 10 years, and now all of a sudden it seems to be like they're kind of in this place where they're kind of defending things or, or saying, well, but it's not that. It's this, it's not that. They're still trying to get us back to, but, but it wasn't 2020, but it's still this and not that. You know what I mean? And you're going like, okay, well, what if it's that? What if it really is that these, that these machines are, that we're being controlled from the inside of these machines? Because they don't want us to have that conversation. Right. Right? It's like if we're looking at the vulnerability of these machines, it should be all things on the table, all possibilities on the table, and trying to figure out what to do best. And so the reason why they don't want us to have that conversation is because they don't want us to go back to the simple answer, which is like, hey, there's probably a better tool that we can use for elections rather yep. than a machine. Because if they have that conversation, then it's over. It's over for them. So, in your opinion, I mean, this, let me re- put it this way: everything I've seen, including your film, leads me to one simple conclusion: we have not had anybody put in office that we've actually controlled in significant places for, for probably fifty years. It's been, yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, the people that I've talked to. So, there's a guy named Jim Condit Jr. I'll, if I see him, I'll introduce you to him. But he. Um, uh, he actually, so you, you know that Dan Rather piece mm-hmm. that I found? Uh, he dug that out of the closet in a VHS. Wow. That thing has not been seen. Uh, this is the first That's time it's been seen uh, in, in a long time, like decades. Wow. Um, and, uh, and so... Um, That's the golden. That's the, those are the golden yeah. ones in the documentary. Gold moments, yeah. Like you're, like, documentary like, you're like, oh. It was like the pony. You know, like, I gotta fight for this one. <laughs> but, um, but anyway, but, he, but he's, he's been really instrumental, and, and uh, he's been fighting this thing for 50 years. And he said that, yeah, probably since 1988. I, it was the, you know we, we've had installed leaders 
Wow. And um, and so, but one of the things that I, you know that I that I didn't get into the film that I really wanted to, um, but I've been bringing up on podcasts and places and where we can talk about it, is there actually, and this is, I got this from, from Jim as well, is that there actually is Supreme Court precedent mm-hmm. to outlaw the machines. Wow. And, uh, and so in, um, and I can, I can't remember the, I'll get you the, I'll, I'll get you the, the Supreme Court cases. I think it's like U- U.S. versus Marbury or whatever, and that's like in 1912, and then there's a couple from the 60s. Mm-hmm. And, um, but all of the two of them, and then there was another one that was supplemental, but, I'm, but the two of them specifically said that the right to vote consists of two parts. One is the right to cast a ballot, and the other is to know that it's been counted accurately. Wow, that knocks it right out of the park. Boom, right? And yeah. so how can you, basically, so counting with these machines is just as much of a violation of the right to vote as as, as going a bit in the back room and counting them in secret. Yep. That's, that's amazing. You know, it's, when the more that we dig into this, we find these precedents that are there that by education, by many other things, we've kind of pushed it all to the back and area. And then, of course, they've been using their regulations and, as law. Mm-hmm. So you start to, you find that the system was so brilliantly designed yeah. from the beginning. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, they've been doing it for a long time. Oh, yeah. This is a long march. And this is why they're, this is why they're scrambling so hard. Mm-hmm. Because I, I really believe they put all the chips on the table. They pushed it all on the table. And they know that if, that if, if, if this thing crumbles, if the narrative crumbles, if the, if the matrix is destroyed, then they're toast. Well, I would say there's no question it's going to. Right. No, no, there's not. Right. I mean, this is, this is I would add to that, why they're panicking even more right now. I mean, yeah. look at, look at what's her name, Janie, I mean, in, in Wyoming. I've never seen anybody so loud. Janie, I'm trying to remember her. Janie. Janie. The one that, oh, Janie. Yeah, Janie. Janie. I, I thought you said Janie. No, no, no. Like, no, no. Yeah, yeah, Janie, like, really. I totally, yeah, exactly. back here. Still. Right, yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, but, I mean, look at how loud she's been. Mm-hmm. And, like, Okay, so those are the loudest or always have the most to lose, but there's something really significant there, right? Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to lose by 20 points, but I'm going to run for president. You're right, like, it's like, what is that? Right? What delusion so is things that? So things are collapsing around them. We can't see. This is the illusion that we can't see because we can't see around all what the, the foundations are. Right. But, you know, you pointed out 1988, that's the New World Order speech by George Bush yeah. Sr. I mean, yeah. that's literally it right mm-hmm. then, right? Yeah. Right. So that would... That little clip is probably worth people remembering. Well, yeah, and then there was that New Yorker article from 1988. I mean, and we pulled that up, and it basically, it's like, you read through that, and it's worth, re- it's worth reading. If, you, if anybody wants to look it up, it's called uh, Counting Votes by a guy named Ronnie Duggar. And, um, and you should totally read it. It's totally worth it. It's fascinating, because you, there's parts of it that you're, you're like, this could have been written yesterday. Wow. And they're talking about the vulnerability of the machines. They're talking about the fact that they can be programmed to, to manipulate the vote, all of that. I mean, it's all there. And that's why, as a documentary filmmaker, the power of the medium, mm-hmm. you know, is like I was having another conversation with some of the other podcasters. And, you know, it's like we have to recognize that we're in, an, we're in a battle. We're in a battle of information, right? right. And so, And in a battle... You, you have different you have different weaponry. You just, you have different tactics. You have different strategies depending upon what you're doing. So you might have B two bombers. You might have infantry. You might have tanks. You might have drones. Right. And not every joint supplies. Right. Every single piece of that arsenal has. It's just it's like your tool bag. You know. It's like I'm not going to use a screwdriver when I need a drill, or I'm not going to use a hammer when I need you know a spackle a spackling knife. You know what I mean? Like. It doesn't make sense. Right. Right. So we have that mentality around tools. Well, it's the same thing with media. It's like as a documentary filmmaker, I have the ability to go back in time. Yeah, you do. It's right. Like, uh, yeah. And show stuff and, and bring stuff up to people's remembrance that the podcasters might not necessarily have the ability to do. But that's but but they have a different tactic. They have a different they have a different place. Right? It's like it's like calling in the B two bombers and doing a carpet bomb and then all of a sudden the infantry comes in and cleans up, right? It's like yeah. right, it's, it's done that too. It didn't work out too well. Well, but yeah. you know what I'm saying. But we have to have these we have to have this mentality of that. I'm not asking you to do my job and I'm not trying to do your job. Right. But we can understand and appreciate what it is that we're doing because what we have the power to do is to create a film that's compelling that touches people's hearts 
that gets them to start having conversations around the water cooler. Once they start having the conversations around the water cooler, then all of a sudden it's like, you know what, I heard about this thing, and then all of a sudden somebody says, yeah, I was just listening to this podcast, you should check him out. Well, then there you go. You, you know, you, it's so dead on, and I'm going to use an example, which I'm not saying right or wrong on it, but Oliver Stone. Right. I mean, the guy just completely reshapes narratives, and I'm, right or wrong, I'm just saying like, totally. wow. So it's an interesting point with documentary and the responsibility. When you did this, because of the nature of where it started, was there a predetermined conclusion or were you still kind of moving through and letting the facts expose themselves as you go? There was a lot of, uh, of um, well, it, it's kind of yes and no. Okay. I mean, because, um, you know, it started off, like I said, as Tina's story and it started off just talking about the FBI raid. And so it was a very kind of a clear cut kind of thing. But then all of a sudden it's like Tina just, you know, continued to be Tina. And all of a sudden it's like she's running for secretary of state. She's, you know, uh, she got arrested. You know, they're just persecuting Twice. her even more. What? Twice. Twice. Yeah. And then, you know, and so, like, the story just keeps unfolding, and you're just like, and then the reports come out and all of this stuff, and you're like, oh, my gosh, this is bigger. Right. And so. Well, um, and we were discovering that it wasn't, while she, under, she, while she found some stuff, um, what she found was happening all over the United States. Right. And so that took us to, well, what do we do with, with that? that? You know, and so there was, so there was, yeah, so it, we were kind of unfolding. But, you know, but at the end of the day, what was interesting was that the film, the film ended in the way that I remember somewhat. I mean, the point was made was in the, I had a conversation with Mike, like, I don't know, three or four months ago, and we got to talking about just how we've reached this point in humanity where we're starting to question technology. Right. Right. We're starting to go maybe I don't want that thing attached to my body all the time. Yep. You know what I mean? And we're realizing like, oh, this could, this could lead to the eradication of everything it means to be human. And so, wow, okay, so we're now in this position of decision where we have to realize that and we have to go, okay, that means that we now have to see it as a tool. It's something that can be utilized, but then we have to start having conversations about tools and which one's best for the job and all of that sort of stuff, which is really fascinating. And he got into that. He was like, oh, yeah, I'm He was into he, it. He was super into it. <laughs> he was into it last night after hours. He was totally. I, I could hear him from here. Yeah, yeah, and he was totally into it. Yeah. And so, and so that, so I really feel like, like I said, I mean, there was all of these components that God just kind of like wove together in the last minute in his timing. Right, that we're all kind of out there. Well, I, I, I want to. I think it's important to note this: is that in, in the you you debuted a film. There's a lot of pressure on you when that happens. You don't know how that's going to be received. You might have gone through a ten days of hell week, right? It was hell <laughs> right? week, and you, you bring that. You don't really know, but this is where I think the beauty of all of this is. Everything we're talking about here shows that where you arrived is the perfect film for where we are. Mm -hmm. Because if you had done a deep dive into one topic and all the lines back, it might have stayed in that vertical line where people just like following a, a, a crag on the mountain, right? Mm -hmm. Here, the way you ended it and the way you ended up, you brought in layers in this, which I really appreciated last night. Thank you. And it's forcing people to reflect on it. A story doesn't have to be, and I think we can agree on this, I think I, a story doesn't have to be one you walk away from and go, that was a great film. Mm -hmm. If a storyteller sees it, you usually can see it. And that's where I'm saying, like, you're like, that was a great film. Because what I'm seeing is layers. This is the stuff, right. like you're talking about the water cooler. What makes people talk about the water cooler? It's because you see it, and then the next day you're like, wait a minute, what was he... What was he talking about? Right. What, what, right. what did that mean? Right. What's right. the implications of that? Because if you get a clean storyline, it's like, man, did you see this film? Yeah, I saw that, blah, 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 done. Mm -hmm. You right. didn't do that. You don't remember no. it later. Yeah, well, that's the goal, right? It's like you want to create something. It's like I, I always think about Inception, right? the movie Inception. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. you're just like, you're left with this like, well, uh, is the top going to fall? Is it, you know, and you're just like, uh, you know, and there's blogs, you know, there's, there's websites devoted to whether or not he was dreaming or not. You right, know what I mean? exactly, yeah. And, and that's when, you, when, a, when a filmmaker can do that and they can leave you in a point of suspense even after the film and you're totally okay with it, yep. that's, that's really good. That's really good storytelling. Right. And it's the same kind of thing that I, I, I was like thinking about that. I'm like going, if, if we could create a film, a, an election movie film, that talks about that hits the heart makes people cry and then makes people go yeah you should see this and in fact I'll watch it with you because I wanted to watch it again <laughs> that it's 
you did it. Wait, well, wait till we get the audio design finished. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna. We're, there's a few things that we need to. It was definitely. Oh, a screener. We won't talk about that. That's that's, right. that, that's okay. That's what happens. <laughs> it happens. It's an industry, man. You put a screener out in front of people, and it's like, okay, the sound is a little bit high there. You know, that's pretty funny. No, we, we won't. Uh, yeah. We won't worry about that too much. It, it's. I, you, you and I both know you go out there, and especially like your third and your fifth screening, and you're like, oh, man, <laughs> yeah. I missed that one. I, I was sitting there last night on a couple of parts. I was like, I don't It's all good. So what's next on the on the docket? I don't know yet. Okay. We're going to take a couple days off. That's good. No. We have a few projects that we put on the back burner that uh, because this one you know became a priority. So we got to finish those out. We have a scripted project um, that we've been uh, been working on and all that kind of stuff. So we, we agreed to not discuss it amongst ourselves until we've slept for at least two days. And, and then <laughs> we'll good. get back in our right minds. But, I mean, this is, this is our heart is to tell stories that make a difference. And we want to do scripted narrative projects. Matt has a, a film that he's been working on for 15 years. Oh, you'd like it. And, um, we need to that, talk anyway. That's where we really want to head. But we got to get through this season yep. right now. You that's know, good. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we just kind of like my. It's funny because it's like all of a sudden it's like we're known for making documentaries, and honestly, like I wasn't a big fan of documentaries. Like it's I, re- funny you said that. Yeah, I really like narrative movies, mm-hmm. and you know, Braveheart, Gladiator, and you know, Inception, and you know, I study all that stuff. And and so when the opportunity came up to make documentaries. I was like, well, how do we create it so it feels more like a docudrama? You know what I mean? Like, it's It's actually like this compelling story that you want to watch where you have all of the rise and the falls of action and all of the peaks and the valleys and... You know, you're you're feeling something along the way, but you don't feel manipulated. Mm-hmm. Well, we need know? to have a, We'll get you on the show. We need to get a okay. whole conversation about documentary and format and some of the difficult editing choices because, uh, like, locating timing issues that happen forward, but yeah. you put them in the past and how you choose. I, it's a great discussion because I think it gets into where we arrive. Right? Is it the story you're telling? Is it the traditional documentary, which is little more than an ENG product? Right. You know, what are we doing? So I, I think that's a great topic. I'll be on soon. Yeah. yeah let's just do that. And then we've got a lot to talk yeah. about. So what all do you have scheduled for today? Just more interviews and hanging around? Just hanging out, you know, and, and, uh, and you know, there's been a couple of people that are like, oh, I want to interview you. And so, like, you know, Zach, um, he's become a good friend. And yeah, he's he, good. Yeah, he's a good dude. And so we're going to go be interviewed by them. And then Pete Santilli wants me to... Do something, you know, so we'll just, you know, just kind of wandering around and, you know, well, good. and it's you, been fun too to get, you know, feedback, you know, people are like, oh, I watched the movie, I loved it or, you know, whatever. And then like having conversations with them and saying like, hey, did, how did you feel that the information was presented? How did, you know, and really kind of getting that instant feedback from the audience, which is always really, really valuable. Well, I, and you know, kind of, as we kind of close this down a little bit with on the film, I do, I want to say this is that your choice of how did something you've already talked about and what it did is it took the weight off of the topic. I mean, this, the direction I think it was going was going to be more like a 60 minutes. Right. And those are pretty heady. Yeah. And they don't, I mean, like, and sometimes you can't even get through them. Yeah. You, you added some levity and it was needed. And I mean, I was laughing at, like I said, your choice of computer was perfect because it was like, that looks like that pet computer. It was in the math lab when I was in yeah, high school. Totally. Right? <laughs> yeah. right. So it's, it was, it was good. And it just, and it made us think, because I think what happens, and it's really important, especially with technology, we get it in a set different box. It comes in a, in an iPhone now. It used to be on a desk. Yeah. And somehow is, that represents evolution in technology. Mm-hmm. The innards are still binary. Right. The, the stuff is just working faster. There's just more layers of binary. And yeah. At the end of the day, it's still dumb. Right. Right. I mean, and, and we're somehow going, well, yeah, it's dumb, but I'm going to trust it. Right. <laughs> good. Yeah. Good on you. <laughs> good good, good luck, right. luck on that one. Yeah. Well, guys, great job. Thank you. And really nice to see you here. And you're a beautiful couple. Thank you. So, and it's just, and I, that's to me, I mean, Patriots, I just want you to hear this as an inspiration. When you see two people that work together that are always smiling, I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell a little thing I observed last night just because I thought it was so, so pure and so honest. So I told you all that Matt was stumbling, literally kind of sleepwalking, and Joy was ahead, 
and walking up to the stage. And Joy paused and held her hand back so Matt would grab under his hand, and she just led him forward. It was just beautiful. Oh. It wasn't a Jill Biden moment, though. No, no it was not. Not at all. No, but it was just. It's just you guys. You guys are just a great couple, Thank and you. it's just great to see it. And we. That's another one of these value pieces I think you bring that's unspoken mm. as a married couple. And you're, that's what we're trying to do is we're trying to rebuild family, right? Yeah. And with, with children and, and working together and following your passions. I mean, I, can't, I don't think it gets better than that. So. Yeah. Thank you. Well, thank, thank you. you both. Thank you. It's just awesome. God bless you both and, and everything that's going on. And we'll, we're definitely going to need to have you back on the show because we're going to talk all sorts of documents. Oh, yeah. dude, dude. No, when I, when I first met you, when I first met you, uh, it was back in Anaheim. Yeah, yeah right. When Anaheim. I met you in Anaheim, I was just like, oh, yeah, no, we should talk because I knew that you had done stuff. Yeah. So it'd be fascinating. Yeah, we'll, we'll, have a, we'll have some conversations, yeah. share some stories about crazy so yeah that'd be awesome all right guys thank you very much yep. patriots that concludes the interview today with matt and joy thayer just two great patriots and really worth watching the films that they've done and continue to watch them as they grow in this movement and grow in renown for what they're doing so with that let's pray heavenly father we thank you for this time that we've come before you once again just to hear and share the stories and in this case stories of great success and overcoming odds as you lead us to do. This story today with Matt and Joy Thayer is just truly blessed and we're we're reminded again that when we have obstacles before us, it's always you who can lead us through and overcome that which seems impossible. Father, in these times when things are so uncertain, do we just ask that you'll continue to guide us and bless us and that we can continue to find that strength within our heart to understand that with you, all things are possible. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name, amen. So Patriots, hope you have a very blessed evening. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil, never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God will always win. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. Walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tonight for Fishers of Men. Until then or until the next time, God bless and out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward, by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable, that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made. Therefore, they can be solved by man. And man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable. And we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who move forward, and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor, will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country.
an old evil that has waited thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples, it has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. We push. We climb. We never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray. We stand. We live by the words, in God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath.